it's, it's tough to win the league, and I've, I said it earlier, I think we can beat anybody. But when you win a couple in a row, it starts to give you some confidence. Now we're playing against some better football teams down the stretch that, uh, that we can go to Miami and win. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. PSA about Christmas shopping before we get into the sports of the Wisco Sports Show tonight because I did a lot of Christmas shopping today. Now you might think, well, Grant, I procrastinate much. Come on, it's the 21st today. Christmas is this weekend. I know, but I, I like to scheme for weeks and weeks on what I'm going to get for my loved ones. Right? I like to plan. I don't like to buy on a on a whim in November. I really like to scheme and think things out. You know, a wise man once told me, my roommate in college. Grant, if you give me five to, uh, five hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four hours sharpening my axe. And I follow that methodology in my life. I follow that methodology in my Christmas shopping. So for weeks, I've been scheming. And yesterday and today, I've been executing my schemes. And I went today to shop at the UW Lacrosse Bookstore. Because I have a couple of people who I normally just get like UW Lacrosse things. Because I have a couple family members who are UWL grads like myself. Eagles like me. They had no polos. At the bookstore. I did a couple laps. I was not brief. I did not run in and out. I looked at everything on the rack. There were no polos. So I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who's listening right now. But on the off chance you run a store, uh, if you work in retail, you need polos. And I don't think I'm the only one in this boat. I guarantee everyone who's listening to this knows what I'm talking about. There are certain people you shop for. You get the same thing for Christmas every year. You get them a, a golf polo. It was my grandpa, notoriously difficult to shop for. We'd get him a Packer polo, a Brewer polo, a bet. He'll wear it. Boom. Can't miss gift. And my uncle, my godfather, who I always get a gift for, same with my godmother, I always get him a UWL polo. What a great gift, right? They didn't have any polos. What am I supposed to get? I get polos to people who are difficult to shop for. It's an easy, can't miss gift. They need to dress up. Boom. UW lacrosse polo. That's sharp. No polos. What am I supposed to get him? Socks? I can't, I can't, I can't get him socks. Barbecue sauce? I, like, there are a couple people in my life, it's kind of polo or bust. And, and striking out at the UWL bookstore today really threw a wrench into my Christmas shopping wheels. So if anyone out there works in retail, you need to have the polos this time of year. Basic men require that option for Christmas shopping. I just wanted to throw that out there to start the show because I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. All right. I like now that I got that off my chest. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you're having a bang-up day. The weather's about to get nasty, so please tonight, travel safely, travel slowly. That's just more time to be in the car to listen to this fine show. At some point today, tomorrow, or Friday, I know we're going to get it, and I cannot wait. We are going to get a weather update from Eric on I-90, who's going to be hopefully not on the interstate. Eric, if you're actually out on I-90 this week and, and driving and the roads are bad, don't call while you're driving. But at some point, I want the most classic, classic call from Eric on I-90 where he describes the storm to us. And I know we're going to get it at some point before Friday night at 6 o'clock. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe that's tonight. Who knows? But if you're out traveling, the weather is about to get nasty. We're not quite there. But please, travel slow. Travel safe. Just more time to be in the car to listen to the show. We're going to do Slow News Wednesday in the second hour of the show at 5.30. Colin Cowherd had a 
banger of a Packers take yesterday. I'm not sure that I agree, but I want to break it down. I saved a couple of the sound bites, and we can dissect his take. You're like, Grant, that's kind of lazy. You're going to rip off someone else's content. Yeah, kind of I am, a a little bit. But it's an interesting take, and I want to build off of that take. So we're going to do that at 5 o'clock, or uh, 5.30, rather, for Slow News Wednesday. At 4.30, Eric Eager is going to be here. Eric has been a friend of the show for a couple of years. He was at PFF for a long time. He is now spearheading things at Sumer Sports, which is, how would I describe it? It's kind of a startup. It's kind of badass what Eric's into. He's a VP of Research and Development for them. He hosts a podcast with Thomas Dimitrov, the Sumer Sports Show. Thomas Dimitrov was the GM of the Falcons. He's been around the league, and now Dimitrov is working Sumer Sports with Eric. So he's going to join us in about a half hour, talk Packers. Talk NFL. 608-796-2558 is the number to call and text. And you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. So I don't know if you've noticed, but Wisconsin sports media is going nuts right now. We're eating ourselves a little bit. Rogers hand signals, drama over that. Oh, there was an article written in the athletic and this and that. These are the worst topics. We haven't talked about this story much. We talked about it on Friday when it came out. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Broke it down a little bit on Monday. Hmm, this is interesting. And then we kind of moved on. I'm not really interested in talking about the response to the story or what people said about it. I I don't want to do it. Everybody's talking about it. It's getting to be too much. I think it's driving everyone crazy. It feels like election week. Everyone's picking a side and it's it's too much. I want this show to be a a breath of fresh air, a cool glass of water, a, a palate cleanser. Yeah, that's what this show is, a palate cleanser. In a world of, uh, how do I say this? In a world of cheesecake and fruitcake and pie and rich, heavy desserts, I want this show to be a a dish of lemon sorbet. Think of it that, a nice palate cleanser, which is why I actually want to start just for a couple minutes tonight with baseball, something different. Let's, Let's get out of the Aaron Rodgers rut. Let's get out of the Packers rut a little bit. Just a couple minutes, let's talk about baseball and hot stove just for a few. This morning, I saw, I think it happened in the middle of the night, Carlos Correa flipped, flipped from the Giants, now going to the Mets. 12 years, $315 million. I guess the Giants didn't like what they saw in his physical. There was a disagreement over his health or something with his body. The Giants put out a statement today, and they're like, look, we're not going to give out medical info here, but we disagreed over the physicals. We wish him well, blah, blah, blah. So now Carlos Correa going to the Mets for a bunch of years and a bunch of money. Rough couple of weeks for Giants fans here. They were teased twice. First, they thought they were getting Aaron Judge, or Arson Judge, as Eamon tweeted. (laughs) And he was wrong. He jumped the gun. And now they get Correa. No one had any reason to believe that Correa was all of a sudden going to flip, like a recruit who was reopening their recruitment. This is out of nowhere. What a wild couple of weeks for Giants fans. And maybe even a wilder couple of weeks for Mets fans. This is even crazier of a signing for the Mets when you consider that they've already given 10 years, $340 million to Francisco Lindor, who's also a shortstop. Imagine, imagine your franchise giving, imagine if our Brewers did this. Imagine if the Brewers gave 10 years, $340 million to a shortstop. And then an offseason later, we're like, hey, let's give 12 years, $315 million to another shortstop. Where's he going to play? I don't know. He's really good. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Steve Cohen is not messing around, the new owner of the Mets, or the relatively new owner of the Mets. I collected a couple of tidbits on Twitter today just to describe and to put into context how much the Mets have spent this offseason. I want to read you some of these. These are interesting. 
So to kind of establish how the offseason has gone so far for the Mets, Jeff Passan of ESPN tweeted this. Since free agency began, the Mets signed Carlos Correa, $315 million. Brandon Nimmo, $162 million. Edwin Diaz, $102 million. Justin Verlander, $86 million. Kodai Senga, $75 million. Jose Quintana, $26 million. Omar Narvaez, shout out Brewers legend, $15 million. Adam Adovito, $14 million. David Robertson, $10 million. Total outlay, $106 million, or $806 million. He also tweeted this. The New York Mets' current payroll is estimated to be about $384 million. The luxury tax payments alone will exceed $111 million. Their total payroll is $495. The previous max payroll in baseball, less than $350 million. Mets are at almost half a billion. This is from Joe Pompliano of Pomp Investments. The Mets have committed $800 million in free agency. Their payroll next year will be nearly $500 million, including $110 million in luxury tax payments. And since 50% of luxury tax money goes to other teams, Steve Cohen will pay other MLB teams $55 million in 2023. Damn. This one's from Peter Bodie of the New York Post. The Mets' 2023 payroll is roughly equivalent to the combined payrolls of the A's, Orioles, Rays, Pirates, Royals, Guardians, Brewers, Marlins, Reds, and Twins. That's 10 franchises, and that doesn't count the luxury tax or any additional signings they might make. The Mets payroll is equivalent to 10 teams, not counting the luxury tax. And the luxury tax is $110 million. Final thing I saw, this is just funny. Travis Sochik of The Score tweeted this. The Mets spent more in free agency in one night, $315 million, than the Pirates have spent since 2010. <laughs> the Pirates have spent... 207 million. So I was just collecting a couple of tidbits because this is a bananas situation and a bananas offseason for Steve Cohen, his spending in his team, the New York Mets. So why, why do I bring this all up? This is not the Mets sports show. Back to reality here in Brewers land. I hear this a lot from Brewers fans. This is why I can't take baseball seriously. This is why I don't get my hopes up with the Brewers. Hear things like that a lot, including in a Twitter space I was in last night. Somebody's like, yeah, this is why I can't do baseball. And that was before the Correa thing broke. That was last night. Correa thing I saw this morning. Lots of Brewers fans have been jaded to such a high degree. They've been beaten down, defeated. Brewers fans listening to the show right now, this program, as Dabo Sweeney would say. Let me take this opportunity right here and now to level with you all 100%. And I'm actually going to stand up to say this. As long as I am breathing, as long as I am alive, as long as I am hosting the show and speaking into this microphone, I will never give up. I will never surrender. I won't let baseball break me, okay? I'm not giving up on the Brewers' chances of ever doing anything. Baseball will not beat me down. Baseball will not make me quit, will not put me into submission. Never will you hear me say, This is why I can't take baseball seriously. Never will I say on this show or on Twitter, this is why I don't get my hopes up with the Brewers. I saw clips on Twitter the other day. It's the four or five or six year anniversary of the Star Wars movie Rogue One. Good film. In that movie, they said, hope, that's all we have. Rebellions are built on hope. Baseball teams are built on hope. Brewers are built on hope because they're not built on money. That's for sure. Older, more jaded folks might not give the Brewers a chance. I I mean, I don't give the Brewers a chance next year. But I will never, ever give up on this sport, and I will never give up on the Brewers. And saying that the Brewers can't possibly expect to 
No, they can they can meet these guys on the field and beat them. They can't outspend them. They can't play this game. But I, I will never, ever give up on baseball. I love the sport too much. I will never give up on the Brewers. I love them too much. I know this offseason has been a sobering reminder of how poor the Brewers are. But I will not give up. As I hear many Brewers fans talk about how, ah, oh, this is why I can't do baseball. I'll never say that. You have my guarantee. And I just wanted to say that to start the show. Okay, baseball is fun. On to the Packers. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift to this. I want to talk about Matt LaFleur for a couple of minutes. Because everyone talks about Aaron Rodgers all the time. And Rodgers is an interesting player. He plays an interesting style of quarterback. He plays on a small market team, which is interesting. Green Bay, the Packers are interesting. They've been interesting and relevant for a long time now. He's a different guy. He talks about things and talks about those things in ways that other quarterbacks just don't. That's not inherently good or bad, but it is interesting. And we talk about him a lot. And I think as a result, this season, Matt LaFleur has maybe escaped a little criticism. And we have criticized Matt LaFleur. But this week especially, like, we need to talk about Matt LaFleur. Not that he's a bad coach. Not that he needs to be fired. No, no, no. But we need to talk about Matt LaFleur. Two clips from Monday night that I want to play you. Firstly, Troy Aikman on the broadcast. And we talked about this with Mike Clemens yesterday. Troy on the broadcast was saying, yeah, the Packers actually, I learned this week in production meetings that the Packers, as a position group on offense, actually started watching practice tape together during this losing streak for the first time ever. Which a lot of people said, what do you mean for the first time? They haven't been doing this all along? I mean, it's practice tape. I didn't really think much of it. But Matt LaFleur was asked about it after the game. Here's what he said. Yeah, that's something um, that just thinking back the, the in previous years, we had done that most of the time together. And then when I got, after that first year, and we again, we had a more veteran group of wideouts or whatever, and um, we kind of allowed it to just from a efficiency standpoint and a detail standpoint um allowed the position groups to uh, meet you know independently of one another in some instances now uh i would say i can't remember what week it was but we decided we decided to start watching wednesdays thursdays uh, every practice together as a whole unit why did it, I guess, like, why did it take so long to, like, because that's just the way it, it transpired. Matt, a little defensive. And he clarified kind of how this came to be today in his press conference. And maybe we'll get to that at some point tonight. Malifor was also asked for the game, like, hey, this Nixon guy who's returning punts and kicks now, he's pretty good. Where's he been all our life? Where's he been all year? And do you ever think, like, Maybe what would have been this season if he started as the primary returner or you went to him a lot sooner than you did? Probably going to get criticized for not playing him early, and that's fair. Uh, we should have had him in there earlier, and, and we didn't. I don't think we knew what we had. And, you know, he's proven what he brings to the table. And so, you know, I can't say enough about what he brings to this team as well. This one's bad because Amari Rogers was terrible. Amari Rogers was a net negative. So even if you want to develop Amari Rogers and work on him and try to, you know, eventually turn him into something, every week Matt LaFleur should be going to Rich Passaccia and saying, hey, I know we're working on Amari Rogers. I know you believe in him, but who else? Do you have anyone else? Is there anyone in the back of your mind, like in case we decide to make a switch, who, who else? Like this should have been in the works. 
I get if you have prime Percy Harvin out there and then Nixon's on the bench. Okay, well, why would you have ever tried him? Why why would you have guessed that you should do something else to return her? They should have been looking at everybody. And it took until after Thanksgiving to try a to try a different returner to try Nixon out there. Look, I get you learn by making mistakes. Matt LaFleur is a good example of this. We're all good, you know, we're making mistakes. We try to learn from them. But occasionally your first instinct has to be right. Occasionally you do have to be right the first time. <laughs> fail faster. If you're going to fail, fail right away, move on. Don't run Amari Rogers out there all season. And I get you learn by making mistakes. You got to do the wrong thing so you can do the right thing. Sometimes if you're a good coach, if you're a good leader, if you're a good manager, occasionally your first instinct kind of has to be correct. And it seems like more often than not, that's not the case with Matt LaFleur. 608-796-2558. Let's take a quick break. Come back. We can talk more about this before we get to Eric Eager at 430. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills, Eric Eager, Sumer Sports, formerly of PFF, formerly of UW-Lacrosse, a learned man. Eric Eager is going to join us to talk Packers, maybe some other NFL things coming up in about 10 or 15 minutes. 608-796-2558. Let's go to the phones. I believe we have LaCroix Butler. LaCroix, hello. Grant, how are we doing? I am doing outstanding. I get to talk a little bit of baseball to start the show. That's always fun and I don't know. I'm not thrilled with Matt Lafleur this week. I'm with you, and I, I kind of caught you before the uh, the break talking about failing faster. I mean, not to compare it to our own corporate lives, but if we don't fail fast enough, we're on the hot seat right away. And I think I'd like to see that applied to Matt Lafleur a little bit. I had a caller yesterday suggest that maybe Matt Lafleur is just now going through the learning pains and the growing pains that he didn't have to go through in his first year. I thought that was interesting. I guess I hadn't really thought about it that way. Yeah, but isn't that kind of short-sighted by him to just assume life was going to be that easy? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's bizarre. Like, Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, too. Like, that's got to be... I mean, it's great to come in and succeed right away, but is that how the best possible coach is made? Like, I feel like you need to fail a little bit to learn, but I don't know. Matt LaFleur fails a lot. Yeah. It's a trial by fire, and as we know, it's not easy to win in this league. It's (laughs) It's not easy to win in this league. Again, I understand you fail... And then you learn from that, and then you don't make that mistake again. But it seems like Matt Lafleur is doing the wrong thing the first time way more often than he's doing the right thing. That's just that's, that's not good. I, I agree, but maybe yeah, maybe we're due for some good decisions in a row. Then after he's failed so many times in a row, it all evens out. Water finds its level, Grant. This is true. I mean, maybe it's yeah, maybe it's luck. I guess look, I wasn't clamoring to have Nixon return punts and kicks either, but somebody other than Amari Rogers maybe a little bit sooner than they did. He very well could have cost him that game against Washington, right? He gave away a possession that turned into points. I have a question for you. So yes. if we have Keyshawn Nixon returning punts and kicks from day one, and Christian Watson catches that touchdown against the Vikings. Are the Packers a ten win team right now? Uh right now. I don't know. Do you think the Packers win week one if Watson catches that ball? Because I I still don't think they do. I just think it's better for the vibes and it's better for that game. Uh, I do think they win that game. And people, not me, but people are saying that um, the Packers would be a 9-10 to win team if those two things would have happened. 
Well, I think if Nixon returns punts and kicks, look, the Giants and the Commanders game came down to, like, a, a knife's edge. The smallest little thing changes in either one of those games, and the Packers win. I'm not saying that Nixon returning punts That's and true. kicks leads to two extra wins, but one could make the case. Again, not me, but some could make that case, LaCroix. Exactly. You know, it's just it's, like you said, it's a nice touch in the NFL. It's, it's razor thin, really a game of inches, honestly. Yeah, it is. So what moved you to call today? I know you're a listener and you're a tweeter, but what do you got going on that made you pick up the phone? I love this. Uh, yeah, I appreciate the time. Um, my fiance and I are driving to Pittsburgh. Uh, as you know about having a fiance, congrats again on the engagement. Yeah. But just figured I'd call in and talk a little Packers. Um, I would hope to talk a little Brewers, but I know that's bad, so... Just want to make you aware that I'm listening and one of your biggest supporters, Grant. Love well, the show. Well, I appreciate that, LaCroix, and I appreciate the call. Drive safe and tell your fiance hello and congrats again. Will do, Grant. Have a great one. Yeah, you as, as well. Uh, that is LaCroix Butler. Uh, I'm not engaged. That's a fun Twitter bit. Uh, don't start telling people that. I'm going to get a text from my mom. She'll be pissed. You tell your You tell your Twitter friends before you tell me? Yeah, congrats again, though, on the engagement, LaCroix. It means the world to me. Yeah, I did mention baseball at the beginning of the show just because it's fun to talk baseball. I'm not going to lie. It's fun to talk baseball in the winter. It's fun to have a reason to talk baseball. And we're all starting to go a little crazy. We're a little stir-crazy with Aaron Rodgers right now. I think it's making people nuts. Like an election. You know, a couple weeks in a row, you get political ad, political ad, political ad. Everyone's got signs. Everyone's got bumper stickers. Everyone's posting on Facebook. You just start to go nuts a little bit. So I wanted to mix in a little bit of baseball to tonight's show. These Mets numbers blow my mind. And if I was a Yankees fan, I would be irate. You see what Hal Steinbrenner said today? Hal Steinbrenner's like, I think this is great for baseball in New York. The two teams. Shut up, Hal. That's not, supposed, that's not how that's supposed to work. I said this a couple weeks ago. Remember, you can go back, roll the tape, find it in the podcast. I said a couple weeks ago when Aaron Judge signed with the Yankees and all the reporting was he gave the Yankees a discount to stay. I said I would be humiliated as a Yankees fan. People don't take discounts to come to the Yankees. People take discounts to sign elsewhere. The Yankees. The Yankees don't accept discounts. The Yankees pay what the Yankees pay. So if I was a Yankees fan the last couple of weeks, I would be sick. And I'm being a, a little dramatic, but also, like, come on. When did the Yankees become number two in spending? The Yankees are supposed to spend just to spend. What a terrible offseason for the Yankees. I, I mean it. I'm Like, I'm sounding dramatic because that's how I speak, but... I'm serious. The Mets are the Mets are going to be paying. What was the number Steve Cohen is going to be paying uh, to other teams? He's going to pay $55 million to other teams this year because of the salary cap. Man, the Brewers, what do you think the Brewers spend that on? Brewers getting a couple million bucks in luxury tax money from Steve Cohen. What do they spend it on? <laughs> uh, another another wild card pennant to put in the outfield. Get a, we could fix the leaky roof with a couple million from Steve Cohen. That would be money well spent. Maybe put some padding at the bottom of the slide so other teams' TV reporters don't break their ribs. Although, learn how to go down a slide. Look, I'm not I'm not blaming the Brewers for that one. Get at me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I got to shut the phones down here for a couple minutes because we got to get Eric Eager on the horn. Sumer Sports, formerly of Pro Football Focus. He spent time here in lacrosse. He hails from the upper Midwest. He's a football brainiac. I can't wait to talk with him and talk Packers. Coming up next, Eric Eager joins the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're going to do Slow News Wednesday in about an hour. Cowherd had a Rogers take yesterday, and I don't know if he's right, but it's really interesting. So we're going to listen to a little bit of that and maybe add on, make some additions to his take, or maybe we'll tear it down. I don't know. I'm interested to do that, excited to do that in an hour. Right now, Eric Eager, at Eric Eager underscore on Twitter. He was at PFF. He spent some time in lacrosse. Now running the show over at Sumer Sports. And Eric is back home in the upper Midwest in the Twin Cities. Eric, we're just thrilled to have you back up here. Well, welcome home. Thank you. It's so funny. Like, I lived here, you know, first 18 years of my life. I actually lived in Moorhead for four years, which is colder than here. Then lacrosse for six. And But, like, every time I come home now, I'm surprised by how cold it is. Uh, and and I, it's not like I live in Florida. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, which shouldn't be all that bad, uh, different, you know, that big of a difference. But it, it catches me every single time, man. I would love to puff my chest out and brag about how, yes, it is cold. And it is cold here. You did get here. at Like, it hasn't been this cold. It hasn't come close to this cold this year. It's been pretty mild up until now. So I guess I can't brag too much. But, yeah, you, you picked a hell of a time to be back. Uh, and we're happy to have you back in the upper Midwest. Like I said, I went back and looked. You last joined the show about two weeks into October. The Packers had just lost to Zach Wilson. They were three and three at the time. And since we've chatted, they've lost five of eight. They're currently six and eight and they're 10th in the NFC. And I'm interested just big picture before I ask you about some smaller details. Let's say like a relative were to make small talk with you at at Christmas this weekend and be like, hey, what's what's the deal with the Packers? Like, what would your broad, simple explanation of what's happened to this team? How, How would that go? What would your explanation be? I would just say that, you know, the offense had a few bad weeks in a row and that that really killed them. And after that, the defense really hasn't been able to stop anybody. And, you know, we saw, you know, the last two wins that they've gotten, they've just played some, you know, bad offenses yeah. with the exception of Justin Fields. And that, that's helped them a little bit. But, you know, it, it's basically like we all thought with, you know, Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker and, you know, the return of Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell and Rashawn Gary's emergence and all this kind of stuff. thought the Packers' defense was going to be pretty good. And for the most part, they've been actually pretty bad. And so that, that has put a lot of pressure on an offense that I think really wanted to grow into what this year was going to have to be for them uh, versus having to have it be the, the case from, from the jump. And they just weren't ready for that. Now they're getting better on offense. Uh, but, you know, with, when they play better opponents, it doesn't seem to matter that much. Well, the defense was designed. This team was built in a way that the defense is supposed to take pressure off of the offense. It was supposed to be the other way around. And part of the defense not succeeding this year, there's many reasons why, but they still can't stop the run. And that's been the case basically my entire life. Like, I keep pointing back to the, the Kaepernick experience. They've gotten worse at defending the run. They've gotten worse like what Jalen Hurts did to him a couple weeks ago. I don't get it because I like Kenny Clark. I like some of the players. Why can't this team stop the run? It, it just prevents this team from doing anything serious against other good offenses. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, it's it's funny because people, had, you know, they're they're looking forward to Week 18 and they're like, oh, you know, can Detroit go on the road and and win in a and and against Green Bay outdoors? And I'm like, Green Bay is like the worst outdoor team in football. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're they're kind of soft against the run. Um, you know, Kenny Clark is more of a uh, a one gap guy, more of a penetrating guy than he is a, a you know. I mean, you almost probably have to go back to what like Gilbert Brown or Grady Jackson since they've actually had a, a, a guy. The, the, the Howard Green can... erasure, Eric. I won't stand for this. Howard um, Green had a good couple of months. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. The, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, the Gilbert Burger propaganda in the 90s, like, they, they, you need you need a guy that eats space, and they just really don't. And then that puts a lot of pressure on linebackers. And, you know, the closer you are to the ball, the harder it is to acclimate from college to pro. And we've seen Quay Walker get better. But early in the season, he, you know, a combination of the physicality and the, the, you know, sort of game recognition stuff that you need to really be successful in the NFL, it just hasn't worked. And, like, they have – and in addition to that, like, they really haven't had great linebackers in the run game in an awful long time. So I think it's a couple of those of those reasons. And, you know, you probably have to go back to what, like, Nick Barnett or Desmond Bishop yeah. before they've really had a good inside linebacker against the run. I was seriously racking my brain. I was like, who is it? And I, those were the two names that I thought of. And I'm like, man, that A was a long time ago. And B, I, I could remember incorrectly, but I don't think those guys were that good. I just think they're a lot better than what the Packers have experienced since then. You on the Sumer Sports Show earlier this week with Thomas Dimitrov talked about interior defensive linemen. And as you said, Kenny Clark is more of a penetrator. He's less of a space eater. What do we do with Kenny Clark? How do we, how do the Packers, although I'm an owner, so I can say we, how do we build around him or are we best to move on and start from scratch like uh, you talked a lot about interior linemen what's Kenny Clark's deal and how do you view him as a player well I I think you you almost you almost at this point need Wyatt to be that player and you move on from Kenny Clark just because of the way that that, that the salary cap is sort of structured for the Packers and you know it depends upon what Aaron Rodgers wants but you know Clark has you know had really some good moments I mean in, in 2018 he had a 90 overall PFF grade. This year's his worst ever PFF grade. And, and, you know, that does happen for some of these players, right? They get, they get it, you know, they, they have some, they get banged up and, you know, they can't play as many snaps. He's played fewer than 40 snaps the last two games uh, and actually has been more effective in these last two games, rushing the pass or seven combined, uh, you know, pressures and four combined stops. But when you're going to, you know, pay, you know, when, when that guy has to make a lot of money, um, you know, it's hard to, to deal with, as Thomas said on the, on my show with him, it's hard to deal with a guy who's going to make a lot of money that can't play every down. So I, I think you probably want Wyatt to be that guy. And, you know, that, that's tricky because, you know, it's obviously hard, um, you know, for those kind of players to, to project them, you know, from, from college to pro that quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's really pretty much where they want to be. Like, I, I think this defense in two or three years, like all the guys who are young right now are going to be the cornerstones for better or worse for better or worse. It's been more of the same for the last decade, but at least the names and the faces change. I mean, that keeps things fresh and entertaining, I guess. We're talking with Eric Eager. He's at Sumer Sports now. The Sumer Sports show with Thomas Dimitrov is excellent. I was catching up a little bit on it this morning. Two things on offense, one on Rodgers, one on the floor. Let's do Rodgers first. We're going nuts over this hand signal thing that Kalen Kaler wrote about. I think it's mostly overblown. I feel like most quarterbacks do this in some way, and I think most veteran quarterbacks are stubborn and they want to do it the way they want to do it. I don't think that's out of the ordinary. However, I think this maybe is a little bit of a microcosm of Rodgers' career in that I, I don't have a technical way to say this. I think he has a tendency to make football harder than it needs to be. And that leads to some brilliant plays that only he can make and, and these these just jaw-dropping plays around the sideline and the back corner of the end zone and the, the toe taps and the back shoulders. I want football to be easier, not harder. And I think Rodgers likes to make it harder. And I think sometimes his offenses struggle to be consistent against really good teams in the biggest games for that reason. I 100%. I think, I think, I mean, look at the way he's just conducted himself as a guy over the past, like, you know, a couple of years, he's just making everything harder than it needs to be. Yeah. And, 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 and to me, I think that that is just like a sign of somebody who, 
maybe is a little bored with what they're trying to do. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's weird. Now, that being said, like, the hand signals thing I think is mostly nothing. I, I don't – I do think the NFL is complicated. I think um, Rodgers, you know, his, his, you know, disgust for young receivers I think is overblown. Um, but to me it's not any one thing that pops up and makes Aaron Rodgers glaring, you know, like his conduct. I think it's just the integral of all of it, right? Like it's just, you know, there's a little bit of like the, the body language here. There's a little bit of the you know, overcomplication there. There's the, um, you know, quiet quitting there. You know, it's like, and it all kind of adds up and that's why things don't work. And, and more than it is any one thing. Cause I honestly, I think Aaron Rodgers is smart. I don't think he's that smart, but I think he's smart enough to know that if, if he, if anything was revealed as the biggest problem, like he would have to, you know, confront that. And so it's just a bunch of little things, unfortunately for him that, that keep that team from being really good. Eric, I don't study sports like on the level that, that you guys do, whether you were at PFF or now you're at Sumer. Like I watch games and I try to read and like know what's going on, but I, I'd never played football at any level. I played basketball when I was young, but like I'm a content creator, right? Like I watch these things and I try to come up with interesting conversations. I cannot like I cannot explain clearly enough how unbelievable it is that that piece dropped on Friday night. We talk about hand signals on Friday. It's a big thing on Monday. We go into the game and then at like the climax of the game at the end, the game is the, the, the lasting taste kind of the aftertaste of that game is Watson missing a signal. And then Rogers getting asked about it by Lisa Salter. Like you can't script some of these things covering Rogers and talking about him is just an unbelievable. I don't even want to call it a job. It's not hard. It's just amazing how these things always fall into place seemingly with him. Yeah, it's funny. Like uh, I growing up, growing up in Minnesota, there was a great uh, sports writer uh, and and you know content creator named Patrick Royce, and he mm-hmm. he he his his he would always say God provides. Mm-hmm. You know, like somehow yeah, for for the content machine, like you, you feel like there's a uh, you know there's going to be a lull in in you know being able to talk about stuff, and then you know and in what was a pretty solid game for the Packers, yes. I, I think Real Rodgers missed that throw and everything. At the end of the game, he hits he hits uh, Christian Watson in the leg, and all of a sudden we we get to talk about this a little bit longer. It's just like I can't. Yeah, God provides. It's manna from heaven. I just the timing of it all. It's like really that's if that happened in the first quarter, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But it happened right at the end. Joe and Troy are joking about it, and I'm like, of course that's how this game ends. Okay, one last thing. I have a Matt Lafleur question, and again, like my question about Rodgers, I don't really know how to like technically say this. Matt LaFleur seemingly, he doesn't do things correctly the first time, rarely ever. And I get that you learn by making mistakes, but it seems like with Matt LaFleur, especially this season, I get the last two years he was winning, but it seems like his first instinct is typically wrong. And then moving forward, he corrects that. I want his first instinct to be right the first time, sometimes, like who they have returning kicks and punts, how they travel out of a time zone. You know, their offensive line in the playoffs, I think they've gone with the wrong combination both of the last two years. Like, it's just not usually right the first time. Is this something that you can quantify, or is this something that you see with coaches? I, I do. So, and and again, like I always get ripped for this, but like when Lafleur actually does a really good job on fourth downs, yes. And the but the Packers, and whether that's Rodgers or whether that's Lafleur, they burn more timeouts relative to league expectation than any team in football, mm-hmm. and and so. You know, that's like kind of the whole deal about like, okay, let me get a second chance to think about this. And like, you know, the average timeout's worth about 1.5 to 2%, you know, win percentage. 
uh, and people don't think that's a lot, but for a team that's been at the doorstep of the Super Bowl for three straight years, it does, you know, it adds up. Yes. Um, so, I, I, yeah, you know, it's better to be that way than to be obstinate and continue to make the same errors over and over and over again. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but, yeah, it's probably frustrating if you're a Packers fan. I want him to either do the right thing the first time or fail faster. Like failing fat, we all like make fun of Elon Musk, and I like I don't follow him closely enough. But that's isn't that what tech people say? Like fail fast, fail quickly, so you can move on. Like okay, Amari Rogers stinks at punt returner, move on. Your Kansas City Chiefs have gone through the same thing with Sky Moore. It seemed like they were trying to force him to be a punt returner, and you're just hemorrhaging possessions and win probability week by yeah. week by week. Let's fail a little bit faster. Yeah, I, I don't know how to put it into words with Lafleur, but it's. It's just seemingly one thing after another. Hey, do you, like, tell us about what you're doing at Sumer really quickly. Like, PFF, we all knew about that, but tell us about your new digs and, and kind of what you're creating and what we can consume to support you guys. Yeah, for right now, like, I am I have a podcast called the Sumer Sports Show, which is every Monday and every Wednesday. We, generally speaking, will go live around, you know, anywhere from 5 to 7 tonight. We're going uh, 7 Eastern, so that'll be in an hour and 15 or so. Um and, yeah, it's just Thomas Dimitrov and I talking about, like, how we would build a team, me from an analytics perspective, him from the former GM. He's an NFL general manager for 12 years and won executive of the year twice, took the Falcons to the Super Bowl as well. Um, you know, that's kind of the forward-facing wing. We're going to have some content related to that, obviously, uh, at some point. But uh, on the back side of that, we're, we're building what are optimization tools for NFL teams. So, uh, you know, basically this idea of, if you have, you know, player values for, for, you know, whether they come from teams or whether we build them internally at Sumer, how do you, how do you make all those 53 pieces fit together to give you the best possible roster? That, that's what we're wrecking our brain with on the background. So I'm doing a little bit of that, uh, of that, the coding and the algorithms and the, and the stuff that I brought over from PFF. Uh, and then Thomas and I are doing some forward facing stuff, trying to get, uh, you know, a podcast where, you know, frankly, I, and we, what, you know, what we want to be is a unique place where, you know, no one else has really talked about some of these notions before. Uh, and, and I think that, that so far it's been pretty fun, and, and I really enjoyed doing that with him. I enjoy the podcast. You're two very smart individuals. You are the honorary general manager of, uh, of this show for, uh, for certain, Eric. Enjoy your time at home in Minnesota. I always see you tweeting about caribou coffee, so get some of that, and have a good Christmas. Thanks for the time. <laughs> Hey, Grant, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, we'll, we'll have to hang out if I come to lacrosse this, uh, this break. I love that. Have a good one, Eric. Merry Christmas. All right. See ya. Eric Eager at Sumer Sports. Appreciate that guy. Watch his podcast with Thomas Dimitrov, a very smart guy. And Thomas Dimitrov, might I add, very well-dressed to boot. He was one of the better-dressed general managers when he was in the NFL. He's definitely carried that over. Let's take a break. Three minutes, we'll come back. We'll debrief on some of the things we talked about and then we can get kind of back on script at 5 o'clock. I want to talk about this Packers rookie class because Monday night, I think I maybe missed the boat on yesterday's show. Monday night was a really good night for the Packers rookies, so we'll talk about that in a couple minutes as well. Wisco Sports Show, back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills i appreciate you being here i want to talk about the packers rookie class sneaky this is looking like a okay draft maybe a pretty good draft maybe a possible great draft one day we'll talk about that a couple minutes after five o'clock we appreciate eric eager's time he joins us from sumer sports well i think he was at his in-laws place or his parents place in the twin cities uh but 
He did join us on the phone, and you can find his content. Best place to go is on Twitter. He's always sharing his podcast, at Eric Eager underscore. R.I.P. to PFF Eric. What an era. What a, what a rush it would be to have PFF in your Twitter name. Am I right? Twitter, I am on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can call and text the show, 608-796-2558. Hector isn't on Alaska. What's up, Hector? How's it going today, Grant? It's going good. He scared me there. It's like, I, I'm, I'm doing great. I, I honestly cannot wait to leave work tonight and walk home in the snow. I'm excited for the storm, if we're being honest. I I scared you. Why? Oh, because I started talking loud. Well, no, you, yeah. you just came through my head all of a sudden. I scared me a little bit. I had to turn you down. That's fine. That's not your fault. That's oh, I was going to say, you can't see how ugly I am through the phone, so I know it wasn't no, no, that. No, no, no. Every listener of this show, every participant in the show is beautiful in their own way, Hector. You included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've met in person, so I know you're lying. It's okay. Oh, you're a good-looking um, guy. I have met you in person. You are a good-looking guy. So, congrats on your engagement. And uh, good, to know, good to hear about that. Um, your godfather situation. Yeah. I've had this happen before. I am big on polos as well. Yeah. They're so useful. Exactly. I have so many golfers in my family. You could, if they don't golf, then guess what? They put it on. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but like when it's time to quote unquote dress up, like I'm going to put a polo on, like that's all you're getting from me. If it's cold out, I might wear a long sleeve, but I'm going to roll them up to my elbow, like that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, last year, my, it wasn't my, it was my great uncle or something like that, sure. who he, he passed away within the year, but I just call, I always just called him God, my godfather, gotcha. um, because, you know, we were, we were rather close, but, um, I always used to get him a polo or a long sleeve shirt and I came to him across the fact that I couldn't find one that. Uh, he wanted. So I got him a baseball cap, something generic, nothing crazy, not, you know, just like a, it was like a, a, a gray Adidas. It didn't ha- like it, just a solid color. And he wore, he loved it. So that could be, I don't know if your godfather wears um, hats or not. Also, you're the only other person I've ever heard say they get a present for their godparents because I always well, have as well. Well, they get me. That, that's the arrangement in our family. We don't do so. I get my siblings, my parents, and then my godparents. That's that's about it. We used to right. do like Secret Santa with cousins. That's what I do as stuff, well. But yeah, I get a check for my grandma. You know, the grandparents, they're beneficiaries of all the grandkids, right? And right. all of my grand my cousins are having kids of their own, so they have great great grandkids, which is diluting the the share of the Christmas gifting going on. But that's that's gotcha. neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, the godparents. I, I normally I go crew neck for my my godmother and uh, and a polo. Polos, especially in the Midwest, I feel like this is just a, a hack. Older men oh, yeah. get him a get him a polo to go to church in. Get him a polo for golf. And yeah, if those uh, who are listening don't know what we're talking about, yeah, back at four o'clock, I said I went to the UWL bookstore today hoping to purchase a nice new UWL polo, and they didn't have any polos, so I had to audible, and it messed up my day. So now I'm making it everyone else's problem on the show. Yeah, and I always get. For my for my godmother, I always get her a new set of Tupperware because oh. for some reason, by the end of the year, she by the Christmas time, she wears all her Tupperware. She doesn't know. I know where it is. It's with all of her grandchildren and my cousins <laughs> and stuff that don't know how to wash it out and bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. So, um, anyway, exciting weekend coming up. I guess for sports and stuff. I'm 
looking forward to seeing if the Packers can sustain their momentum. I think they shall. Um, and it'll it'll all come down to if Joe Barry can call an okay game like he did this week. Yeah, can you keep Tyreek Hill? I don't want and... it to be so great that they are going to keep him next year, yeah. but, like, good enough to get them by. And you can already look back. I called the Bill Michael show for the first time today because nice. some – some Finns fan was on there talking about it's all over for you guys, all this stuff. So I just had to jump on and remind him to look back at the scores because when the Dolphins lose, they really lose. Like, the gap on their losses, other than this past week with the Bills, yeah. is like more than 10 points. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. So, recipe for success. It'll be fun. Uh, I hope Lamar comes back because uh, that, that Tyler Hundley defense or offense is not what it should be. And um, maybe Sammy Watkins will score a couple touchdowns for us since he couldn't do it with you guys. Yeah, pick him up. Hector, I'm going to take a break, so I'm going to let you go. If I don't talk to you, have a yeah, good you have Christmas. Yeah, you have a good Christmas. Yeah, I, I think we'll chat. That's Hector in on Alaska. Hector, I want Packers-Dolphins to be a good game because I, I don't know where the good game is going to come from this weekend. We got Bills-Bears, Saints-Browns, Texans-Titans, no. Seahawks-Chiefs, okay. Giants-Vikings, Bengals-Patriots, uh. Lions, Panthers, and Falcons. Stop me when you hear a game that you are rushing to your TV to turn on. Commanders, 49ers. Uh, Eagles, Cowboys, although that game lost a little bit of luster because the Cowboys lost. That was supposed to be for a high seed for the division. No. Raiders, Steelers. Jeez. Just not much good. Packers, Dolphins, if that's a great noon game on Christmas, that'll be great. The other two games are Buccaneers, Cardinals, which will stink, and Broncos, Rams, which will stink. We need We need that to be a good game. Let's talk more Packers after the break. It sits after the league, and that's, I said it earlier, I think we can beat anybody. But when you win a couple in a row, it starts giving some confidence. Now we're playing against some better football teams down the stretch that uh, we can go to Miami and win. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Thank you, Zach. What an outstanding update from our guy, Zach Heilprin, who got a puppy. They talked about it on Kenny and Heilprin last night. What to name it. He's going for Ron because he, he has a lab, I believe, already that's named Dane. These are just things I see on Twitter. Zach refuses to share personal information with me. I think he's he's afraid of friendship or intimacy or closeness or whatever. I, I don't know. Nothing point. Thank you, Zach. Outstanding update. In that update, Zach mentioned the Bucks. They're playing the Cavs tonight, which is going to be a good game. Did anybody watch any NBA basketball last night by chance? The Warriors played... Uh, who did they play? Not the Nuggets. The Nuggets and the Grizzlies played... Who kicked the snot out of the Warriors last night? I don't even remember. Do the Warriors kind of stink? Who was it? Why can't I remember? ESPN Warriors. I watched on mute. I was FaceTiming my, not my fiance. That is a funny joke. Oh yeah, they lost to the Knicks. The Warriors lost to the Knicks 132-94 last night. I understand that Steph is hurt and I understand that Andrew Wiggins isn't playing. But the wheels can't fall off to this degree. Jordan Poole, you're supposed to be a guy that can step up and help keep this team afloat when Steph isn't playing well or Steph's missing time. The Warriors might kind of stink. Draymond Green last night, he had seven points, 
Uh, six assists, five rebounds, and no fans ejected on his behalf. Nice. Did he receive any death threats? Must need to pay for cleaning the glass for that statistic. That's not on ESPN's box score. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and the first hour of the show was a red-hot ride. I'll tell you what. We talked a little baseball. We talked to Eric Eager. LaCroix Butler gave us a call. I just don't see how the show could get any better in the second half, and yet I, I think it will. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text, and you can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. On yesterday's show, I feel like I talked about two things. I feel like I talked about how the Rams stink, and I feel like I talked about the Packers' big picture, right? Big picture. I think I underserved Monday night's game on yesterday's show. The X's and the O's, the all 22, the player grades, the stats. Like, I went back and I watched the highlights today because I'm not paying for the all 22. Come on now. Be real. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I went back and I watched the actual game again or clips of the actual game. You know what jumped out to me? You know what jumped out to me that I didn't talk about last night? The Packers' rookies. The 2022 draft class. It was a really good game for those guys. They jumped off of the screen. Again, not the not the all 22. I just watched the highlights. But I feel like we got to give those guys their props. Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. I mean, Zach Tom was playing as well. It's a little bit harder for me to evaluate offensive line play, especially against a team that really doesn't have a pass rush right now in the Rams. But still... A really good game for the 2022 draft class, and we should give them their props today and give props to UWL guy Brian Gudikins for assembling this draft class. The two highest-graded Packers defenders were Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. Look at that. You know, what's frustrating is I, I feel like we had this defense figured out in August, and I feel like we had... Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt figured out in August. Now, Joe Barry is finally figuring out how to use Quay Walker. It took him less than three months, but I guess better late than never. Quay Walker was supposed to fit really well on this defense because there were veterans everywhere else. There were veterans on the defensive line, Reed, Lowry, Clark. Veterans at pass rusher, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. Veterans at corner, veterans at safety. Quay Walker was not supposed to be responsible for very much. He wasn't supposed to be making calls and checks and reading assignments. That that never should have been his job this year. I understand that injuries here and there have complicated things, but still, it was never supposed to be his role this year to be the computer, to be the, the hub of this defense. And last night, I think we got to look at what Quay Walker can do when he's not responsible for too much and he's not burdened by formations and calls and he can just run around and make plays. Look at that. Use him as a pass rusher. He's actually pretty good. He's pretty impactful. Fascinating. Again, I said that in August. We talked about in August. Like, hey, after Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, maybe their next best pass rusher is Quay Walker. Why not? It's what the Packers did or what the Cowboys did with Micah Parsons. Why not do the same thing with Quay Walker? Now, Kingsley Anikbari looks pretty good, too. Seemed to have a nice little player. Maybe a rotational pass rusher there. It's not bad. I don't have a technical way to talk about Devontae Wyatt other than when he's out there, I noticed that he's out there. I'm not sure if that's the eye test or, or what that is, but it's more than I can say for Dean Lowry and Jerron Reed. If this team is going to finish 8-9, and nine, if this team is going to be mid and miss the playoffs, I at least want Devontae Wyatt to play. Is that too much to ask? Get him out there. Let him develop. Let him grow. 608-796-2558. Vagabond John. Good evening, John. What's up? 
I am wandering around at Dick's Sporting Goods trying to do my last second Christmas shopping. Ooh, who, who are you shopping uh, with for? With my AirPods. In. Which which relation? <clears throat> so, which a cousin? A, t- tell me, I'm curious. So I've got a roommate uh, oh. who went out and bought us gifts and put them underneath our shared Christmas tree. Okay. Which and he goes, oh, I put you guys' gifts under the tree. We can put our gifts there. And like <laughs> before he did that, I had zero intention of course of getting this guy a gift. Oh, so he, so he, he, that. he I, I kind of appreciate it. Oh God! But like, I, so like, there's two sides of it, right? One is like, okay, he kind of did it without like asking, so I appreciate the gesture, and yeah. he gave me a heads up that he got us a gift, so that you know, whenever the last day before we all leave the house, it's not awkward. Like, oh, here's your gift. Where's mine? He gave us like a week in advance. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's an athletic dude, so he likes to work out a lot. So I'm out here looking at. Oh. Uh, under Armour, Dwayne The Rock Johnson advertisements, uh, you know, trying to do that. some shopping. But I, I got a question for you. Yes, yes. Sorry to derail things, but I was just curious. That's why I asked. That's a no, fascinating set of circumstances. It's, it's the time of year. And then got the uh, got the fiancé uh, uh, a pair of running shoes because she asked for them. Nice. Congra- um, congrats on the engagement. That's the theme of tonight's show. Congratulations <laughs> that's, that's, that's the on engagement. <laughs> Love it. Okay, your question. What, so, did, what did you call in for? I'm sorry. So because... We haven't had Rashawn Gary for most of the season, right? We haven't had uh, Stokes. We haven't really had this full Packers defense on the field much at all together yeah. this year, uh, much like the offense. And the Packers are sitting at 15th in the league uh, in scoring defense. What would your current today on December, whatever it is, 21st, 20th, what would your letter grade be for Joe Barry putting his defense at 15th in the league without its top pass rusher and without its second best corner. I think last year or the year before my letter grade would be like B like, Hey, well done. Like the goal of the Packers defense with Aaron Rodgers here has always been top half of the league. If you can give me that, I'm happy. I, I just can't jump up and down, even though they're without Rashawn Gary, and it looks like Enigbari is a nice little pass rusher. Like, that, that seems to be a silver lining of this season so far. I just, with all of the high expectations coming into this year, yeah, he lost your most important player. You still have to have a, a, a level of competence. Like, the, the play against the Rams the other night on, on fourth and goal when Higby caught that touchdown, no one guarded him. Like, no one defended him. There are these moments where I watch this defense, I was like, what, what was the thought process there? Like, they do make some good plays, and I think sometimes they, they, there are players on this defense that punch above their weight, and they've had to because of absences and injuries, like you said. But still, there's just plays where I'm like, man, what? this is a non-serious defense. They're just not buttoned up. And I guess my question is, who is the, who is the ideal? Which team out there, and I've got one in mind, but I'm just curious on your opinion, which team out there uh, with you know a top three salary cap quarterback or highest paid quarterback a ton of money given to the offensive side, right, with an incredibly expensive left tackle, and now a $12 million running back, which team is the ideal that we could try to model after to get a defense? Because for me, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking I'm probably at a C-plus or a B-minus. Like, I think they fell below expectations. They're disappointing. But I think there's a lot of listeners out there right now that would just scream, oh, D, oh, F. I'm like, you know, they've given up 30 points one time this season. The Packers also lost a game when they held a, uh, what, a top-scoring team in the league to, like, 12 points. Yeah, the Lions game. Or 14, yeah. whatever it was at the Lions. Right. 
So that's where it's like they've stepped up in huge moments, and the offense has let them down. Um, are they a playoff defense? I think they're fringe. But I don't know. I, I I found myself this season dying on the side of the defense a lot because I don't think they're actually as bad as people give them. You know, as the as the general Packer Twitterverse as we know and love it uh, likes to comment. I, so I, and I and I agree with you, and I appreciate your measured approach on this Packers defense. Losing losing Rashawn Gary was was crippling. Like that was the one guy they have. A couple of options at every level, right? At safety, Amos and Savage, theoretically, if one went down, you like both options. Savage just isn't a good football player anymore. He barely played the other night. At corner, much of the same. You lose Stokes, but that's why you brought back Douglas, and that's why you have Jair. Defensive line, yeah, Kenny Clark is head and shoulders better, but you have other professionals on that line. Edge rusher was really the only place you couldn't afford to lose your best guy, and that's who they lost. So I agree with you. The one thing that sticks with me is you can't give up 360 yards rushing in a game. That, that's the tough one. That reminds me of 2019 against the Niners, 2016 against the Falcons, where you, you literally, quite literally, cannot stop a nosebleed. And you just let a game fall apart for that reason. I agree with that. And I also think it's interesting how the league kind of plays chess with itself. Because two years ago, you would have said, like, oh, we don't need a, a stout Johnny Jolly in the middle to get us on a Super Bowl run, right? Yeah. By the way, that was my answer when you guys said, who's the last guy that really <laughs> ate up space? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh. Johnny Jolly, right? Um, just stay away from the cough syrup, kids. Yeah. But, you know, getting on with, uh, you know, the, the league in itself went all edge rusher and cornerback. That's where all the money's going on defense. And I think offenses have adjusted to that. So I think a part of that's like the scheme, because there's, there's a lot more rushing yards and the yards for carries up anyways. Um, last point I wanted to make before I hang up. Yeah. National signing day literally does not matter. Um, with the transfer portal the way it is, with how these recruits are committing and decommitting and all this happening, a lot of Badger fans are out there getting really excited about, you know, all this new talent and the defensive secondary that's coming in. And, you know, I'll be a little cold water Kenny saying, but everyone you see signed on paper today still might not play a single game at Camp Randall. Yeah. Because that is the universe of college football. It's fun to talk about. But we need to recognize that none of it matters today. What do you think of P.J. Fleck accusing the Badgers of negative recruiting today? All publicity is good publicity, right? I mean, that's uh, let's get a let's get a rivalry that might get ESPN to even look one <laughs> eye at the Big Ten, right? I mean, yeah. let's let's get something going here where the Big Ten West has something interesting to talk about. But other than that, it's you know it's just noise. Yeah. He just like makes a lot of noise. He always has. So. He's a noisemaker. It's what he does. Well, good luck in your shopping quest and tell your roommates Merry Christmas from the Wisco Sports Show. I appreciate it. Wait, last thing. Uh, as a kinesiology major, all you guys out there that are getting ready to shovel, this is going to be a marathon. Make okay. sure you drink water. Make sure you do a little stretching before and after. What right? is, what is I, know, s- I know what it is. One stretch. Give us one stretch that we can do that will make our shoveling uh, experience a little easier. What's one stretch, an easy one for us? Might throw you off guard. Just the deep squat. Just do the deep squat. Push those knees out when you do the deep squat. Good for the lower back, and it'll uh, might save you in the long run. I appreciate that. And thanks for looking out for this community, Vagabond John. I appreciate that for thinking of all of us. Do what I can. All right, later, Grant. Have a good night. I love that his roommate did that. Hey, put your gifts under the tree. Can't wait to exchange presents. Does does having a candid conversation about a spending limit for a gift 
uh, take away the fun of gift giving. 608-796-2558. I always feel a little bit dirty talking about spending limits. Maybe, okay, so I felt dirty a little bit. My, my girlfriend and I, we didn't discuss a spending limit, but we kind of, there was a little wink and a nod, like a, like a little, like Aaron Rodgers looking out to Adams and just a look in the eye where she was kind of like, hey, like, let's not be nuts. And I'm like, all right, we won't be nuts. We, we didn't. And I bet we very much end up spending in the same ballpark. Me and my siblings were very clear. My sister's like, hey, let's set a direct limit and let's only shop local. And with my siblings, I, I don't feel like that took away any of the magic at all. I just feel like as a roommate, you got to read the room. What would a good spending limit for a roommate be? 20 to 30 bucks, something in there? Is that too much? I mean, I mean I'm just, I, I will put things into perspective, okay? I am the guy that will clearly rent a movie for $4 and be like, look, I'll go to the bar and spend 20 on a whim. I'll go put $20 in a pull tab machine if I have spare cash. I'll, I'll spend $20 on TouchTune credits. You're telling me I can't spend 20 bucks on a roommate gift? And when you put it that way, you're like, oh, okay, let me, you know, 20 to 30 bucks, good roommate price. That's not too much, right? It, 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 if you're like actually friends with your roommates. Like I'm, I've been pretty good friends with my roommates over the years. If you are just like functional roommates, then maybe that's different. 608-796-2558. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hi, Grant. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Are you getting married? No, I'm not. Damn it. Uh, no, this is what LaCroix Butler likes to do. Uh, he likes to refer, he likes to say that I have a fiance and then congratulate me, which is a fun bit. He is getting married and I congratulate him every time we talk about his engagement, but no, I'm, I'm not engaged. Well, you, you have, you have a nice girlfriend, don't you? Oh yeah. She's the best. So anyways, yeah. So, uh, if you were Jordan Love or, or let's say you were the coach of the Packers, uh, yeah. Grant. Yeah. Would you, and most likely, I don't like our chances to make the playoffs. Would you play uh, Jordan Love or would you go with Rodgers? Because what would you do? Because I'd like your opinion on that. Well, well, I, I would like your opinion too, and I, I appreciate the call. I'm to the point now where I feel like you can maybe play Jordan Love against Detroit, and that's it. You know what I mean? Because if the Packers are eliminated, and I don't know if they'll mathematically be eliminated. If they lose this weekend, maybe there's like a 1% chance, but they, they will be effectively and possibly mathematically eliminated this weekend if they lose. I haven't looked at the scenarios. I don't think there's a way they can lose this weekend and still get in. If they lose this weekend, they're cooked, mathematically or otherwise. However, I don't, I don't want to start Jordan Love against the Vikings. I kind of want to beat the Vikings at home, even if it doesn't mean anything. Now, Week 18 against the Lions. Okay, if the Packers have been eliminated, yeah, I'd, I'd play Jordan Love then. The Packers kind of, of crossed this this line in the sand a couple of weeks ago, and they clearly said, we're going to play to win. We're going to play Aaron Rodgers. Okay, well, then you need to play Aaron Rodgers basically right down to the bitter end. If they lose this weekend and get mathematically or or just eliminated, I, um, I still kind of want to play him against the Vikings because I want to... I want to beat the Vikings. Wisco Chad said, remember that time PJ Fleck had championship rings made? What a turd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have anything to add. I agree, Wisco Chad. Uh, do I have my what a turd drop? Hold on. Do we Do we have the, I think this is one of my new favorite bits. I want to ask like a late night host. Do we have, do we have the video? Do we, do we have that audio? You were just a turd out there. You know, you couldn't kick and you couldn't run, you know. You're just a, a turd. This text from Rain Man Mike is awesome. Vagabond John got it all wrong. We plow snow for a living in the winter. No need for stretching. 
caffeine and nicotine keeps you going for these long hauls. Thank, thanks for granting me a Bilsner, LOL. <laughs> Vagabond John's like, hey, make sure to get your stretch again. It's going to be a lot of shoveling. And Rain Man Mike is like, screw you, I'll have a Pepsi and a dip. That I'll be fine. <laughs> Let's take a break. Three minutes. We'll come back. Talk more Packers after this on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 